Welcome back. Uh, Richard, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we're recording the day after, so today's Boxing Day. So, uh, What is today? Sunday? Saturday? Is today Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Okay. Get all confused with these holidays. I should have got you a calendar for <clears throat> Christmas. I could um, look at my computer. It has the date right there. It sure does. Uh, but yes, it's Sunday, uh, December 26th. And so, yes, it's Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. Um, and, but again, once again, we're not going to talk about Christmas. Um, we're not even going to talk about, um, the new year and, and starting up talking about new year's resolutions or, uh, goals or anything like that. Um, what we're going to talk about does impact or reflect or re, re you know, um, have some Im implication for the new year, because once kids start going back to school, um, in just a, mm -hmm. about a week and a half or so, um, you know, we're down to the second semester of the school year. And um, I, well, as we'll talk about today, some things need to change. Right. You know, it's like this whole education. We're not going to talk about the virus. Right? That's another thing we're not going to talk about. True. You'll, you'll be happy to know. Um, but this whole thing, we talked about education a few times in the past. And we know what happened in spring of 2020. Schools shut down. Now we had sort of a tumultuous the next year was sort of 2020, 2021 was sort of, but it seems like the first semester of this year, as far as school kids are concerned, just kind of a bumpy ride. You know, yeah. we're not, we're not back to normal. We, we've often said that there is no new normal. Um, so we're not back to normal, but we're kind of, we kind of had this bumpy ride this year. There were some quarantines and we missed some school and we know it, it's just been a, been an odd first semester. Uh, you're directly involved with schools and I'm sure you've noticed it too, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, school is, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, school is very different now. Um, right. And, you know, I think that the, well, sort of the the, ta the 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 target for today that we're talking about, the, the main focus of today that we're talking about is that you know kids kids are treating school very differently now than they were um, than they have historically. You know, they there there are issues related to doing their schoolwork, doing their homework, um, and we started talking about and kind of tossing around this idea for the podcast mm -hmm. over the past couple of weeks because not only have we noticed it with patients and I've noticed it with students at school, but, um, but you can see it in some of the literature and some of the, some of the things people are talking about where it, that parents are talking about and stuff that kids just aren't, they aren't treating school the way that we anticipate them treating school. And we were writing about uh, motivation uh, not long ago. And when we're trying to talk about how do we generate motivation, part of what we were talking about is, kids how do we get them motivated about school and they just aren't motivated about school right now and it's creating a lot of problems right i you know i hadn't thought about it exactly that way but when you said kids have changed their approach to school their 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 idea their approach their attitude towards school has changed we know about quarantines we know about teachers we know about burnout we really hear about this from a kid, from the student's point of view. You know, what th there has been a fundamental change in how students approach school today. And I think for many, many, for generations and, and for many, many years, kids would begin the school year in August, typically um, in the South, especially 
you would begin school in August and you would sort of, everything would change. You would get into what we called school mode, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're, remember how many times we talked about your schedule changing to get enough sleep, to eat properly, to get enough rest, to organize, organize your day so that, so that kids could go to school and do their activities and get their homework done. But everybody sort of got into a rhythm. It was that school rhythm that everybody got into. That's what's missing today. Uh, Kids kids haven't transitioned from summer to school. Right. You know, in in school, the way that we do school now, um, the the way that we understand school, I should say it that way, um, because the way that we went to school and the way that we, anticipate our kids going to school has been the way that education has been in the United States for hundreds of years, a couple hundred years. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, kids not doing schoolwork, not doing homework. That's been around for as long as schoolwork has been around. That's right. Homework, homework was first mentioned in 1852. There's some writings back to pre-Civil War. Antigone USA. We're talking about kids not doing their homework. Okay. Um, and this whole phrase of the dog ate my homework, that goes back to, you know, thousands of years about a dog uh, destroying something that was important. So, yeah, it's been around for more than almost 200 years, 150. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and if you, you know, you Google it, you're going to find millions and millions of hits about. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. <laughs> why aren't kids doing schoolwork? And so it's. No matter what your role is, whether you're a teacher, a parent, um, right a therapist working with, with kids and parents, Mm -hmm. Um, you you know, that for, for some reason right now, um, we've always talked about kids not doing schoolwork and kids having problems, but today now it's, it's even worse than it, than than it's certainly worse than I've ever seen. Um, Um, Absolutely. I've been doing this a very long time. Um, And I have never, we have, it, it has always been a problem that some children have trouble doing their homework. or or don't want to do it. They resist. They're homework resistant. There are thousands of articles um, about homework hassles. You frequently see that. And parents have had this struggle for years. I have never seen anything like what we're dealing with in the past year and a half um, when it comes to not just homework, classwork. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, kids really just have a couple of a couple of jobs to do uh, when right. it comes to, to school. You know, they 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 can be in school. Uh, they need mm-hmm. to do their, their their assignments and turn them in and everything and study right. for tests. Right. Yeah. Three things. Those are the Pay three attention things. in class. Do your homework. Do your assignments. Mm-hmm. Get them turned in on time and and prepare for tests. Those are the three things that we ask kids to do in school. Right. And and I think mm-hmm. that for for a number of reasons, some of which we're going to get into here in just a moment. Um, that that has that has started to shift and it's for, you know, if, if we're honest, um, that shift began before the p- pandemic. Yes, it did. Uh, mm-hmm. The pandemic didn't, didn't start all of this. Right. I, I think it exacerbated it. I think it, I think it accelerated it in many ways that will, again, that we'll talk about in just a few minutes. Um, mm-hmm. But this, this pattern began decade ago or more, right. you know, right. and, and it, it especially began when um, when uh, services like YouTube and some of those things really took off because, mm-hmm. you know, why do I need to go to school to learn some of this stuff when I can, you know, I can go to YouTube and I can watch a video. Um, exactly. It t- tells mm-hmm. me everything I need to know. Right. That's right. And, and that's, that's, video. 
That's right. That's that's when we first noticed a significant change. Right. I think when it, when when technology got to a point where you could simply Google anything, right. um, things began to change. We we weren't aware, we weren't fully aware of the change, um, but but the change began to occur somewhere in the '90s, I guess, or the early 2000s. Right. Yeah, and it began, but but it was such a gradual. That's shift. right. Because mm-hmm. you know, students, for the most part, still, you know, most of the students still did their schoolwork and they still came to school every day and they still were doing the things that they needed to do. Um, they thought that they knew best because they were learning from YouTube or wherever else that they were learning. <laughs> but, um, but they would still at least put on the show that they were participating in school and, and everything. I think how, they, how you went to school was the same. Again, you did that we were in school mode, right? Right. Every, everybody was still in school mode, even during the, during this transition. Right. And so, you know, when, so again, I mentioned a moment ago that we were, we started kind of tossing around this idea for the podcast, for the podcast topic uh, over the past couple of weeks, because we were writing about motivation and, you know, parents keep would ask questions like, why, why doesn't my kid care about school? How can I get them to care about school? Right. And, you know, and they'll say the, 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 you know, parent quote of the day is, um, you know, wh- my kid just isn't motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we, we do a lot to, to help parents understand that kids are motivated. <laughs> They're motivated all the time. We're, we're all motivated all the time. It's just that we're not necessarily motivated to do the things that we need to do. Right. No, I remember when Mel Levine wrote that book, The Myth of Laziness, and, and you know, said, oh, yeah, that's right. Kids are motivated. They're just not motivated to do what we want them to do. Right. And one of the things we want them to do is schoolwork and homework. Right. And so and so instead of um, and, and I always hated the idea of of referring to a kid as lazy just because they don't get to work. It's not, it's not laziness. It's it's that they are motivated to do something other than what we need them to do. Or we want them right. to do. So, um, and there's probably a couple of reasons, right? Why this is the case, why kids don't necessarily have the desire to, to participate or to go to school or to care about school in the way that we want them to. Right. And the That's first right. is that school is just too much. Yep. Yeah. There are kids who simply can't handle the amount of work or the pace of the work that they're being asked to do. Right. You know, they, it's too hard, you know, so whether a kid has a learning disability or they have ADHD or they have really debilitating anxiety or something like that, you know, school doesn't feel safe. School doesn't work with the way that they work. We, you, you found this wonderful, um, we, we have a slide that we use that you put together uh, when we're talking about ADHD and it's um, this slide of a kid, um, you know, on the, like the Sahara desert, uh, or something, you know, with a spear and like ready to go hunt. And it's like, that's those, especially boys, you know, those are the kids right there that we want to sit in the classroom for seven and a half hours a day to learn. And while most can, there are those who just can't, I mean, they are ready to, they are ready to be, you know, chasing, chasing, chasing an antelope across across the plains you know that's what they were that's what that's what they did for millions of years or tens of thousands of years because they were active and now we're asking them to sit sit in a straight lines and be quiet right 
that's asking a lot of many boys. Right. And so again, while, while many kids can do that, and maybe mm-hmm. you would say the, the, the vast majority of kids can do that, there are those who can't. And for those who can't, it mm-hmm. makes school almost torturous at right. times. That's right. And, and finally, those kids who do, you know, it's the square peg in the round hole sort of thing. There, there's, there are kids who simply can't do school. But you're right. That's only 20%. The other 80% can do school. Right. So we're talking about a handful of kids who can't do school. All right. So that's a group that can't do school. Then there's a second group that doesn't feel safe at school. Right. You know, the, the kids who are being bullied um, or, or they're, um, they have extreme anxiety or they have, extreme, you know, anxiety, depression. Um, they're being bullied by other kids. So they go to this place every day where they don't feel safe. Right. Yeah. But when there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands of other students that they, that their brain either, either for valid reasons or for, or, or not right. uh, see all of them as a threat. Um, uh, they're, they're, you know, if we're, again, if we, if we are putting everything on the table, there are some places, some schools where it, it isn't safe for students That's right. because right. there's violence at the school or, you know, even sometimes even, you know, there's, reports of where even, you know, teachers or, or, or faculty or staff of the school that they're not safe. Right. Um, exactly. It's not safe for them. And so mm-hmm. if, it's, if my teacher doesn't feel safe at school, I'm certainly right. not going to feel safe at school because that person's, you know, the parent surrogate. <laughs> and so exactly. uh, mm-hmm. now I'm really anxious about school. That's right. We just had a, we just had that unfortunate uh, TikTok video that made the rounds a few Fridays ago, a couple of Fridays ago, about they, they promised to have some school and school shootings around the country. And many kids didn't go to school that day, okay, right? Because they were they were really concerned. And so you have that the threat of violence, and you have not just the threat of violence. So it doesn't have to be the threat of physical violence. It can just be that I don't feel safe. Kids who have poor social skills, mm-hmm. kids who don't get along well with others. Right. School is a very difficult place to navigate for those kids so it doesn't have to be just a a threat of violence it can be i just don't know how to do school very well i just don't feel emotionally safe in a school absolutely and so so that's a second reason why um kids may um not do their schoolwork right and Mm -hmm. the third reason is again i think that this is the one that has really um, taking over a lot of students because you know that that first group we were talking about that's maybe twenty um, percent of of students. Mm-hmm. Even that that second group even probably falls within that twenty percent or so. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the group that has sort of grown over the past decade or two is this group of students who f- honestly feel as though they just don't need school. And we have we have talked about them for years in terms of math right. because. If you're going to go to college, you need algebra right? and you need all this math, those three math courses. But for many, many children who don't plan to go to college, why are we giving them a college preparatory curriculum? Right. And, right. and we've talked about that many times. We, we have because, you know, the purpose of, of high school, the purpose of high school when it was first developed the way that we're doing right. it now, was as a prepar- preparation for college. That's right. Because most kids didn't go beyond eighth grade. Right. You know, you got to eighth grade. And if you weren't going to college, and most kids didn't, because colleges were reserved for well-to-do for well to do, 
uh, and wealthy children. So most kids didn't go to college. They were gonna they were gonna complete their education by uh, seventh, eighth, or ninth grade, and then they were gonna go into the workforce at sixteen or seventeen. They were gonna become workers. So they didn't need to take the college preparatory. They didn't need to take the high school curriculum because it was specifically designed to prepare you for college. Right. And so when all that changed and then right. high school became mandatory, mm-hmm. the purpose of high school never changed. Right. High That's school right. continues to be preparation for college. Even if you're not going to college, right. you still have to do the college preparatory work. And it still blows my mind that, you know, because you talked to, I don't know how many people who listen to the podcast have the opportunity to do this, but you, you talk to any, um, any, any high schooler, um, the vast majority say that, that what's next after high school is college. Right. Even if they are making, you know, I've had students who are making 30%, you know, they're making F's across the board and they right. hate school. They skip school all the time. Mm-hmm. The next thing is college. <laughs> and and you, you, I, I find myself now asking, why? Mm-hmm. You hate school because that's what you just told me. Right. You don't do your schoolwork. You right. don't meet the whole process. Right. But the next step is, is college. Right. Let me understand that because now you're going to pay for it. <laughs> that's right. That's School's right. different when you pay for it. Right. No, so, it's amazing. that. It, it, how many kids go? Is it 40% go to college? Or 60? Um, I think it's 60% go to college, but of that 60%, mm-hmm. only 60% finish a, a degree in within the time frame that's expected. How many finish? What percent finishes? About 60% of the 60%. So it goes down to about 40% of, of overall. That's uh, right. Actually finish. Right. So, so uh, a little more than half of students go to college. Right. And of that, only about half finish. Right. Right. So we're talking about a very small percentage. I mean, maybe 30 percent, 20 or 20 to 30 percent of kids actually go to college and and finish. Okay, And so so high schools are not really designed for the vast majority or for the for the majority of students. So for 75, 70, 75 percent of students, um, it really they really don't need school. And so they approach it that way that I'm not going to use any of this stuff. So I don't need it anyway. So why should I do it? Right. And so, and so the issue of, of, you know, again, mm-hmm. when YouTube and all of these other online media um, formats that, that present information and can teach you how to do anything. I mean, you can, right. you need to, you know, change your garbage disposal or you need to change, you know, something with your car, you, you go on and look at, and there's a video right. of somebody showing you how to do it. That's right. And that, that introduces the whole uh, kind of gets us to where we want to be today because we have these three reasons why kids don't engage in school, but we've always had those. Right. I mean, I, you know, kids 20 or 30 years ago, the kids that I'm, you know, they, they come from a rural area. They're going to work on a farm or they're going to, they're going to do their dad. They're going to work for their dad's construction business. Um, so that's been around for, for generations. Okay. Right. So kids don't need school. Kids don't feel safe at school. So they don't engage. And, and kids can't do school. They don't have the cognitive capacity um, to do school. You know, they have ADHD or, or some memory deficit. So those three issues have always been with us. But things have changed. Right. All right. Because now, since with the introduction of technology, 
especially. Not only, with the introduction of technology, we have added some other reasons why kids are not engaging fully in school today. Right. And, and one of the big reasons is that there are things, there are other things that are far more interesting to do. I um, could go on forever about how boring my life was yeah. when there were only three channels on TV. There was nothing to do. You didn't miss school because there was nothing else to do during the day. Right. I mean, all, all your friends were, you know, you, your, your neighborhood friends all went to the same school. Right. So if you didn't go to school, you were there was nobody else to play with. Right. There was no TV to open. You could watch soap operas. It was boring. It was boring staying home. All right? right. And so we wanted to go to school because that's where our life was. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there was no virtual school. There were no no students staying home. There was no, um, you know, Internet to where you could communicate with people all over the world who were already out of school for the day or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and so. Like, again, this is something that we talk to parents about often. If you had the choice between <laughs> homework or watching YouTube, what, what, right. what are you going to choose? Of course, we're Brittany, I, have to, I have to tell you, if it was seven o'clock p.m. And I was in high school, I had a couple of choices. I could watch the news, which I wasn't interested in because that's all that was on at seven o'clock. Right. OK, or I could do absolutely nothing or I could do homework. I mean, there wasn't, there, there weren't all, there weren't any distractions. I right. mean, unless I was out with my friends, which I didn't do on school days, school nights, um, there, there wasn't anything else for me to do. So I thought, well, I was going to do homework. Right. The, the, the second new reason, second <clears throat> addition to the list of why students aren't doing their school work is because the way that we do school now, I think this is the way that we started the podcast, is the same way we've been doing school for a couple of hundred years. Right. Um, and it's just not how many students learn anymore. It's not how kids learn anymore. When we were in school, we, we, you went, I mean, even you, and you, you know, you're much younger than I am, but even when you were in school, you started the first day and you learned some things the second day and third day. And it added, each day you added to your knowledge base. Okay? Right. And you couldn't do, you couldn't do the next year's work because you didn't have the skills to do that, and it wasn't introduced until the next year. Right. Okay. Today, kids have access to the internet. Right. They can go wherever they want at whatever level they want to do it. Right. And and it, you know, it, again, this isn't a new problem because there was um, who, who was um, Socrates or, or Plato, somebody who right. said, um, you know, books are going to be the downfall of education because yeah, don't, don't teach them how to read. Right. Because Socrates was opposed to reading. Yeah. Because then they have access to information, whatever they wanted. You know, what are the, te what's the, what's the teacher going to be for? Right. You know, right. um, and, and obviously we found a way to integrate books with education to still have teachers and all that kind of stuff. But now we have this new technology. It was books uh, then. Now it's technology, um, a newer technology that we have to learn to adapt to because that's now how students are learning. Students that's are learning right. Books, and now they're starting to learn with this. That's right. We learned um, there's a thing in education called the scope and sequence where, you know, each day there's a new skill. Um, Florida, Florida does... Um, the, the end of year test, the Florida exam, used to be called the FCAT. Now it's called the Florida Assessment of Skills, right? FAS, F-A-S, right? And so that mirrors this, each day you learn a new skill. 
Right. Right. And so the assumption is, is that over 180 days, you learn 180 things. That's not how kids learn anymore. Kids, kids have this patchwork. They go where they want to go. I mean, not just kids. We all do that. We right. go to the places that are interesting to us and we ignore the stuff that we don't want to do. Right. But that's just the way we've, we started to learn how to learn when the internet, the internet changed all that, changed, right. it, it, it obliterated the scope and sequence. Right. Now, now the, the biggest concern uh, for us, and, um, and I think that this is one that has been, certainly been uh, exacerbated over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. That is, um, you know, for many students not doing schoolwork for when they don't do their schoolwork, there just are no consequences. Exactly. Yeah. Um, at least no consequences that they care about. Right. Um, right. And, you know, again, in back um, before much of the many of the, the issues that we're dealing with now, if you failed a class that that was like a really bad thing because then you had to take the class again. And, right. you know, you you got the grade that you earned based upon your your level of work and, and all that kind of stuff. And we've you and I have always had problems with like giving students zeros and things like that. I don't that's not what we're saying that students should get zeros for not doing their work because right. that's measuring something different than what you're trying to measure. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it what what it does, um, what, what I, we are talking about is that um, now when students don't do their work, many schools will have the expectation that teachers are going to give students recovery packets or um, that the teacher or the school is going to do something to make sure that the student passes the class. Right. Right. Because the last thing we want is for a student to fail a class. That's and right. That, that's from the school perspective. That's right. When, when we were in school, I remember in elementary school, I'd forgotten this, this word. Um, we worried every year about what we called sticking, like stick, like glue. And you would say, well, did you ever stick? And that meant, did you ever repeat a grade? You got stuck in third grade or you got stuck in first grade. And we would say, well, did you ever stick? Did he ever stick a grade? And that meant meant you repeated a grade. Well, kids don't stick. And very rarely, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, we we lived in fear that if we didn't do everything we were supposed to do, that some teacher might make a decision that we had to stick, that we had to repeat a grade. That fear doesn't loom over kids today. I mean, kids kids aren't afraid of repeating a grade because chances are you're not going to. Right, and and again, we're not encouraging um, the idea for students to be retained because research for decades now has said that retention that doesn't work anyway. Right. Um, that, that's not going to. That's not beneficial. Um, so. And so but it did, I, it did introduce fear. Right. When there was that type of a, um, there was a social consequence to it or there right. was a. Oh my gosh. The worst thing you can yeah. do is stick. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and for many, for many students, especially once they reach middle and high school, that's especially when they're in high school, that it's just not the same anymore because it, you don't repeat a grade. You just repeat a course because right. you have to have certain courses for graduation. Um, and so it's in your, your grade level has to do with how many credits you have, not how many years you've been in school. So, um, so it changes at that point. And so there, there's not necessarily the social aspect of, of 
being retained when you get to high school anyways. That's but, right. So, so, but retention isn't the answer. It's just that the way that the system has worked over the years is that it's taking away some of these social consequences or some of these expectations. And students know that, um, that these aren't real consequences right now. Right. That's right. And, and, and by the time you get to have, it almost doesn't matter if you fail a course in middle school. Uh, right. Nobody's going to make you be taken. Um, it's, it's really not going to matter. It has no lasting consequences if right. you fail a course in middle school. Um, you're probably going to be promoted and go to high school. Where it begins to count is high school, because if you fail a high school class, then you don't get one of those credits. You need 24 courses to finish high school. Right. So, so what happens, <clears throat> right, like what's happening in, in some middle schools right now, is um, there are a couple of courses that you have to finish and that you have to fit, do in middle school to be able to go to high school. Right. And, and one of those, for example, is civics. You, you right. have to have civics and you have to pass the end of year exam and all that kind of stuff. Well, what some schools are doing now is if a student is doing poorly in a civics class, right. which could be because they, any of the six reasons that we gave, right? School is diff too difficult for them. They're not good at it, whatever. It could be right. any of the reasons. If a student's not doing well, what they do is they take away one of the other electives, right? PE, um, music, art, whatever it is. They'll take away that one, at least temporarily, and have the student take two civics classes in the same day. So mm -hmm. every day they go to civics class twice mm -hmm. with the goal of let's, they're going to get the same information twice a day now. So hopefully they'll be able to pick up and, and um, you, you know, the students that I've met who have, are doing that, you know, there are those who benefit, certainly. Um, but then there are those who like, they're not doing it because they're not doing it. It doesn't matter how many times. It doesn't it. matter how many times they take it. They're right. just not doing it. But the message there is that the school will take care of it. Right. So that the student doesn't have to worry about it. Right. Okay. But again, there, there isn't that, geez, I better get this done or I'm not going to go to high school. Well, they don't care. It really doesn't matter because they know that the school somehow will take care of this issue for them. Right. And they'll go on to the next grade. Right. Mm -hmm. And these are just measures that are taken to do what they, again, what they call grade recovery. So right. in that case, you know, they, they have the students take two, two, um, two mm -hmm. courses a day, two periods right. a day of that. Um, sometimes they give them packets of information, packets of work that they're missing that right. they take home and, their parents, you know, the expectation, I guess, is that parents are then going to encourage them or have them do it at home. Right. So they can bolster their grades. Um, so th there are a variety of ways that, especially in the core academics, that schools are working to make sure that students don't fail. Um, <clears throat> and it, again, it's like, on one hand, you can completely understand it because we don't want students being retained so many times that they're driving to middle school and we have to start putting student parking lots at right. uh, student parking lots at middle schools so that mm -hmm. because they've been retained so many times, but at the same time, you, you have this scenario where, you know, there's not a whole lot um, that students have to be worried about with most of their classes. That's right. So if you're a parent of a child in high school, who's not doing his or her homework, um, please understand that your child knows that there aren't, really any serious school-based consequences 
that the school is going to help them. And, and so the parents may be tempted to impose some sanctions, to right. impose some consequences. But please understand that your child is thinking, mom, dad, it doesn't matter. The, I'm going to get rescued. The school, the school's not going to let me fail. Yeah. And the students will say that, right? right. So, so there's, when you think about, you know, what can the schools do? There's not, there's not a whole lot that they can do. That's right. They can't, they can't punish the student severely enough or significantly enough or in a meaningful way, right. enough of a meaningful way to, mm -hmm. to impact that much of a difference. Right. Yeah. Because the, the fact of the matter is that, that if 40% of kids are going to go to college, let's say, let's say 20% of that 40%, many of them are still not motivated by school. Right. I mean, they figure they're going to go to a, a state school or something where they don't, it doesn't matter what, how they do. Right. Um, the worst thing that's going to happen is they have to take some remedial courses right. and then they'll take college classes. So of that 40%, only about 20% are really motivated to right. go to the best colleges. Okay. So, but about 80% of students don't have any intrinsic, don't have enough intrinsic motivation to care about getting a zero once in a while. Okay. They just, I mean, only 20% of kids are going to bring enough intrinsic motivation to do all that they're being asked to do. The other 80% simply don't care. It's not that they don't care. They're just not motivated to do it. There's no reason. Right. And so, you know, so there's not a whole lot that schools can do in the immediate. You know, mm -hmm. I think that there, there are certainly from a, from a grander perspective that things that schools can do, because if you make, you know, if you if you have good teachers who make the who make the and, and most teachers are so good, they, they, they have such an amazing mm -hmm. wealth of information and such talent in, in learning how or in showing how to do things and to understand things. They, they do an amazing job. It's right. worth that I, there's no way that I could do at the levels that they do it. Um, and but you have those kind of teachers and you give them the freedom to teach what they need to teach in the way that their students need to to learn it, you know, that can make a difference. That's, that, that's right. something that schools could do, but that takes time. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's in, in many ways, that's a policy issue um, because of the way that the state runs things. Um, but there's, but there's not a lot that schools can do. Um, and so, but, but then what do parents do? Right. You know? Well, if your student is going to go to college, you don't need to worry. If your student is has been headed to college from an early time, you know that the you know elementary school, middle school, and they've done well, and they're going to go to college, and they want to get into the best college, you don't have to worry about those kids. They're right. going to bring their own motivation to the task, and you can let them go and let them launch because they're going to do just fine. They're going to they're going to go to the best school that they can get into and they're going to do well in high school and they're going to do well when they get to college. So they're going to do all that they need to do. Right. Okay. So, so, so yeah, they have the natural consequences. Right. But for the others, you know, I, I think that we have to be, I, I think parents need to be really careful what they right. threaten. You, you, can't, you can't threaten failure because they, nope. they probably won't fail. That's right. Um, and, and you don't want them to fail anyways. I mean, let's right. just be honest. Many parents will threaten them with failure, but then they'll sit there and do, do portions of their homework for them. Right. Right. You know, you can't do the both. And, and trying to make them motivated. Um, and we parents <clears throat> tend to try to generate motivation in punitive ways mm -hmm. or in ways that don't 
aren't really effective. Right. Um, and so, so we need to maybe avoid trying to generate motivation in their kids, you know, with, especially with ex- extrinsic motivation. That's right. Parents, parents usually have two options. Um, you can threaten the kid. You can threaten your children and say, well, you're going to fail or you're not going to graduate. Chances are they're going to graduate. The, 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 the message in schools is you're going to graduate. We're going to figure out a way to make it. And kids know that because right. they've seen other kids do the same thing. So they know that they're not going to fail. So don't threaten them with failing to graduate because they're probably the kids are sitting there thinking, I'm mom, you're wrong about this. Don't worry. I'm going to graduate. Not a problem. The other thing is to create motive. Parents are tempted to create motivation by coming up with these consequences. You know, well, if you don't do this work, I'm going to take your phone. If you don't do this work, you're not going to have a car. If you don't, that's going to, that's, you probably can't create motivation in your kids. I don't think that's going to work. Right. Because punishment doesn't work. There's an article. Here, um, I think we have an article about punishment simply doesn't work with these kids. It's, right. It simply isn't going to work. You're not going to motivate your kids enough to, to um, get them to do the work that they don't want to do. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's teachers are there. Teachers are at school to teach students how to read and write and do math and, you know, learn to learn those academic skills. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And we send our kids to school every day with the hopes and expectations that the students are going to go there and behave and pay attention and do their homework and do their classwork Mm -hmm. and and do what they need to do. Um, That all is, is sort of hinged on the student. Um, The student has to, has to want to, has to, you know, be able to has you know they they all that linchpin is right there with the student and right and so we have to be careful that we don't put all the all the blame or credit or responsibility on the teacher mm-hmm. um nor should we put all of that on the parent exactly right yep um, the, in today's you know it's doing schoolwork has always been a problem doing homework has always been a problem but there are two huge issues today that parents are struggling with that they need to they need to understand because schools have fundamentally changed, right. and and the pandemic has simply shot it shined a brighter light on the on this issue. It's it's been there for a generation, I would think. Um, the two things are there are just too many other things for kids to do today. They're not bad things; they're just things. Okay. There, it's too, the world is too interesting today. And parents don't just try to say, okay, well then I'll just take all those things away. You're not going to work. You're not going to take it away there. The world is too much fun. Video games, YouTube, TikTok, the, the entire internet is at their disposal. They have many other things to do and the distractions are far more interesting than schoolwork. Okay. The second thing is that there are no consequences. The, the system has evolved, so the kids know that schools are going to get are going to let them, if not succeed, at least make it through twelve years of education. So you're also fighting that. Right. So it's going to take a new uh, parental skill set to right. get this right because you're fighting two huge things. It's the internet's too interesting, and um, there there the kids know that there are no real consequences. Right. So we're going to, there's a link in the show notes um, to an online parenting coach place that 
gives you a lot of strategies for how to help with some of the homework issues and schoolwork right. issues and everything like that. Again, a lot of these things aren't new. Uh, these are the things that we've had for a long time. Right. But mm-hmm. um, I, I guess the, the bottom line that we're trying to get to today is that, um, you know, while this isn't a new issue, it is certainly um, sort of accelerating and has been exacerbated by the pandemic. And um, we need to be careful about pointing fingers that the school needs to do this or the teachers need to do that or the parents need to do this because it's we, we all have to do something with it, but we also have to hear and listen to and understand the student so that we can help the student. Um, and each student is going to be a little bit different. Help this student. Right. Th- this particular, understand this student and help that student. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll keep talking about this. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, keep addressing this because as we work to understand it a little bit more as we're working with students and parents and teachers, um, you know, we'll share more with our, our listeners so that they can benefit hopefully as well. Right. Yeah, it's a different and very different approach. Uh, we're going to need a very different approach to this as we go forward. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, that's it then for today. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid. <laughs>